is so good to see you all. I am so glad you're here. Welcome to the Read and Rant. If this is your first time here, I want to say welcome. If you've been here, you're one of the OGs, you know what we're here to do. We are journeying through the scriptures from Genesis all the way to Revelation, and we've been doing this on the regular together. We read for about 20 minutes, and then we reflect on the text for another uh 20 to 25 minutes, whatever time is afforded to us. We have a, a little bit of time today. And so while you may be watching this, I don't know, sometime later, we're actually recording this live. That's why you're going to see my head move around like a swivel because I'm looking all over the place because I got um, all the different platforms that we are on together. Uh, but today I got my Discord community. So it's good to see you all. Um, and it's good to connect with you guys as we spend time in the reading of the word. I want to encourage you while you are here, not just to subscribe, but also to subscribe to the podcast, the Read and Rant podcast. I want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to that. We are getting closer and closer to 250,000 uh, uh, downloads. So it's amazing to see how many folks are journeying with us in the reading of the word. And also, we want to encourage you to prayerfully consider becoming a patron. Prayerfully consider supporting what we do here. It is your support that makes all this possible. And I'm grateful for all the patrons. And I want you also to thank all the patrons who make this possible for us to do this together. And of course, the perk is that this episode that we're recording right now, the full episode will be available on Patreon right after this. However, um, the full episode may not be available for another month or so, which is fine. We just want to make sure we keep a continual rhythm of having every Tuesday and Thursday that we would post an episode on our podcast every Tuesday and Thursday. And so, Anyway, I want to encourage you to go ahead and prayerfully consider becoming a patron. And if not, join our Discord community. I want to encourage you, join our Discord community, discord.gg slash opusfrayer, discord.gg slash O-P-U-S-F-R-E-R-E. With that being said, we're going to get right to it. We've been reading through uh, the book of Matthew, Mark, and now we're in the book of Luke, and we're in Luke chapter 10 today. So, Go ahead and turn your Bibles there. We're going to spend a few moments reading the text. We might just read one chapter today, maybe two, but we might just read one chapter today, and then we're just going to reflect for a little bit. And then after that, we'll call it and we'll see you guys again tomorrow. Of course, we're going to be uh, spending time in prayer. And so I want to encourage you to join us for our prayer Tuesdays and Thursdays. We do prayer on Discord Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We, we host the Read and Rant. So with that being said, Let's not belabor the time. Let's get right to it as we spend time in God's word today. And as you pray, I want you to prayerfully consider as we read, and I say this every time, is to ask three questions. God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? That's the first question. Second question is, God, what are you revealing concerning people? And then the third question is, God, what are you revealing concerning me? What are you revealing concerning me? We just posture ourselves that way, but this is just going to be a rant. It's not, you know, it's not organized or thought out. We're just going to see where God leads, and that's what we do. Um, but that's what I prayerfully, you know, ask every time I read, and I ask that you would do that as well. This is in our Bible study. Bible study was yesterday. Hope you guys enjoyed it. How was Bible study, y'all? Was that was that a blessing to you guys? I hope it was helpful. Sometimes I'm always like, I don't know, was that helpful? You know, did that did that land? Did it connect? Great. Awesome. I'm so glad it was. Um, and also I'm refining how I present it because I think it's so important that, you know, things are, are clearly delivered and clearly distributed and disseminated. So um, I love that you guys were blessed by that. 
Um, and don't worry, I will be posting it on Patreon. I just, you know, we've got internet issues right now. So um, it's the only reason why it wasn't posted last night. Um, but with that being said, we're going to get right to it. And we'll just go as the Lord leads, y'all. We're going to go as the Lord leads. Father, we thank you. Uh, Lord, even with all the challenges that we're confronted with today, Lord, we're grateful, Lord, that you are here, you're present. Lord, we still have this opportunity to come together. Um, Lord, we thank you for AT&T, who still is providing a service out here so that we can make this happen. And so, uh, Lord, bless this time, bless this moment together. Um, Lord, as we uh, read your word, uh, we pray that this would, uh, Lord, do something in us. Lord, that your spirit would work through us, in us, through this text, Lord, as we read it. And Father, just bless this time. Bless this time. We say in Jesus' name, amen. Let's dig in, y'all. Let's do it. Chapter 10, verse 1, it says this, After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest, send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you as lambs among wolves. Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals. Greet no one along the road. And whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. And if the son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give. For a laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter, and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you, and heal the sick there, and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. For whatever city you enter, and they do not receive you, go into the streets and say, The very dust of your city which clings to us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you, that it will be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. Hmm. Woe to you, Shorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you have been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. He who hears you, hears me. He who rejects you, rejects me. And he who rejects me, rejects him who sent me. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to your name, to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit 
and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. And he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see and have not seen it, and to hear what you hear and have not heard it. Ah. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have rightly answered. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. But sorry, but he wanting to justify himself said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. And he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him. Whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Hmm. Chapter 10. I'm going to dig into 11. Let's go. Let's do it. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who is indebted to us. 
And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer him from, sorry, he'll answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise, give to him because he is his friend. Yet because his persistence, Pixar, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Verse nine. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who asks, he sorry, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And he was casting out a demon and it was mute. So it was when the demon had gone out that the mute spoke and the multitudes marveled. But some of them said he cast out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. Others testing him sought from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and a house divided against a house falls. If Satan is also divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Because you say, I cast out demons by Beelzebub. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do you, do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than him comes up to him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finding home. He says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. <laughs> and it happened. As he spoke these things, that a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts which nurse you. But he said, more than that, blessed are those who keep the word, sorry, who hear the word of God and keep it. <laughs> Verse 29. And while the crowds were thickly gathered together, he began to say, this is an evil generation. It seeks a sign and no sign will be given to you except the sign of Jonah, the prophet. For as Jonah beca became a sign to the Ninevites, so also the Son of Man will be to this generation. Yeah. 
The queen of the south will rise up in judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came near the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And indeed, a greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will rise up in judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and indeed, a greater than Jonah is here. No one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place under a basket, but on a lampstand, that those who may come in may see the light. The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body also is full of darkness. Therefore, take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, have no part dark. The whole body will be full of light, as when the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. And he spoke, a certain Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So he went in and sat down to eat. When the Pharisee saw it, he marveled that he was not first washed before dinner. Then the Lord said to him, now you Pharisees make the outside of the cup and dish clean, but your inward part is full of greed and wickedness. Foolish ones, do not he who made the outside make the inside also? but rather give alms of such things as you have, then indeed all things are clean to you. But woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs and pass by justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Woe to you, Pharisees, for you love the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like graves which are not seen, and the men who walk over them are not aware of them. Then one of the lawyers answered and said to him, Teacher, by saying these things, you reproach us also. And he said, Woe to you also, lawyers, <laughs> for you load men with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe to you, for you build tombs of the prophets, and your fathers killed and your fathers killed them. In fact, you bear witness that you approve the deeds of your fathers, for they indeed kill them. You build their tombs. Therefore, the wisdom of God also said, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they will kill and persecute, that the blood of all the prophets which was shed from the foundation of the world may be required of this generation from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the temple. Yes, I say to you, it shall be required of this generation. Woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter in yourselves, and those who were entering in you hindered. And as he said these things to them, the scribes and the Pharisees began to assail him vehemently and to cross-examine him about many things, lying in wait for him and seeking to catch him in something he might say that they may accuse him. The word of God. I am so glad to be here with you guys. I love it. I'm seeing all of y'all. And as you notice here, the story of Jesus' life and his ministry is starting to bubble up 
we're starting to see a crescendo. The Mentos is dropping in the Coca-Cola, y'all. I know we called one episode Mentos and Coke. The Mentos is dropping in the Coca-Cola. And if you notice, I think what's nice about this is that we're seeing the uh, the third of the three synoptic gospels. This is the third one presented to us, not chronologically the third one, but there's some overlap in the times where they were written. Uh, Mark is, is likely to be the earliest one. Um, and what's cool about this is that you're seeing some of the same stories probably for the third time, right? You're seeing some of these stories uh, repeated and you're seeing different details highlighted to you, which I think is, is just interesting. It's cool uh, to see. As we read today, and I just want to spend a few moments just reflecting on the text. I think one of the things that Luke does when he's testifying, and I think I see, I perceive, I observe, that one of the things that Luke does uh, as he is giving the testimony of the life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, the gospel, the good news of the kingdom through the life of Jesus to Theophilus is he's presenting a faith walk that has for many of us been ignored. Um, it hasn't, uh, it, it's, it's the, it's the thing that often we have not really communicated to believers today or to people that we even share our faith with. What am I saying? I'm saying that often when we, and this is for a lack of better words, when we sell Jesus, because <laughs> when we share the good news, it's almost as if now we're selling Jesus to people. And so we offer the good news of Jesus to people. But rather than offering the good news of Jesus, what we offer is the good news of how to live a better life, you know, how to uh, enjoy uh, a better life. And you can find that better life in Jesus. Jesus is the best thing that could ever happen to you. And any life apart from Jesus is a terrible life. It's a horrible life. And I won't disagree with that. I think the problem is, though, is that when we present Jesus in this way, we have turned Jesus into sort of the subjective idea where this life, this better life, whatever this better life is, is based off of somebody's interpretation of what the better life is. Like, you know, if you follow Jesus, Jesus will give you the best life ever. Well, that's great, but if you're not specific about what this better life is, what this walk with Jesus is, what it truly means to follow Jesus, you may be selling something to somebody and not knowing that you're selling it to them in that way. You may be telling somebody, hey, man, you're going to have a better life. And to them, what they think a better life is, is a car. Um, what they think a better life is, is to be married. What they think a better life is, is to... Um, to live in comfort and safety and to get that promotion at that job. And to, so people have all these definitions of what a better life is. So you may say, well, Jesus, Jesus, you have a better life with Jesus. I mean, look at the life you have today. And so because we leave it in this sort of subjective way, we sometimes, uh, we become snake oil salesmen selling something that isn't even true. 
unbeknownst to us that we're presenting it in that way. So we got to get real specific about what it means to follow Jesus. Because following Jesus is not popular. It's not a popular thing. Following Jesus is not the cool thing. And I know we like to present cool Jesus. We like to present cool Jesus where it's the cool people that get to share who Jesus is. And so people will follow the cool Jesus because it's the cool guy that's following the cool Jesus. So it's the cool girl that's following the cool Jesus. And so we're going to follow the cool girl because the cool girl follows cool Jesus. But Paul wasn't very cool. The disciples weren't very cool. They weren't very impressive people. They weren't the people where you go, man, I can't wait to be like them. If you saw Peter as he was following Jesus, you wouldn't say, man, I can't wait to be like Peter. And yet these people were people that God used who followed him. And Jesus, and, and so what Luke is doing here is Luke is presenting <clears throat> a clear narrative of what the life of a follower of Jesus looks like. It's not popular. It's not cool. It's not comfortable. It comes with strife. It comes with difficulty. If you're going to present Jesus to anyone, be sure to be clear about what you're actually presenting to them. Because this, this Jesus walk is not a popular walk. And this Jesus walk is not for the faint of heart. This Jesus walk is not for the cool guys. Not to say cool guys can't follow Jesus. But it ain't for the cool guys. And I say that because we have shifted from what we read last time, when we read through chapter 9, where we talked about the beauty, the blessing, and the burden of discipleship. Or what Jesus would call the cost of discipleship. Sorry, I'm like all stuffy, so I apologize for that. If you hear all that, please forgive me. We talk about the cost of discipleship. What you have to give up. And as I mentioned to you before, you got to give up everything to be a disciple. I mean, in this day and age where we're trying to make Jesus cool, what Luke is doing is Luke is presenting a Jesus that isn't so cool. That isn't very popular. That isn't really accepted by culture. And the followers of Jesus weren't folks who were accepted either. They weren't the most impressive. They weren't the most talented. They weren't the most educated, erudite. They were regular degulars. Regular degulars. I think sometimes when we talk about our walk with Jesus, what does it mean to share the gospel of Jesus? We leave that to the people who culture and society esteem. We leave it to the people who have millions of followers on TikTok and IG. We leave it to the people who we go, man, that guy must have it because that guy got lots of followers. Like, we leave it to the 
the popular ones. No knock on the popular ones. I some points I would even say I was a little bit embarrassed by how many people just started following me on Instagram and TikTok and all these other platforms. You know, they'll say, oh, this is the guy who's TikTok famous. And all I can think to myself is, you know, Lord, I guess thank you for this platform and thank you for what you've done through this platform. I still don't get it. I don't understand it. But when I look at who the followers of Jesus were, they weren't the ones who had a million followers on IG. They weren't the ones who had, you know, meetings with the presidents and the magistrates. The pastor with the black background. <laughs> Everybody said the guy with the black background, just the guy who lives, the guy with the floating head. He's the floating head. <laughs> Popularity isn't the measure of ministry impact. And I say that to encourage some folks in here who may feel like, well, I ain't got all the credibility. I'm not the coolest person. I'm not. Maybe God's not calling you to reach the masses. And maybe God's calling you to go deep with a few people rather than going wide and shallow with a whole bunch of people. I enjoy, I mean, I'm on here right now. Let me see how many folks I got on here. And I know my platforms be, be heavy up in here, right? but I got 52 of you live right now. This is where we go deep. And if anybody's been following me on, on IG or you've been following me on TikTok, you'll know that what IG and TikTok is, is just a door. It's just an entryway into the depth of what discipleship is all about. The depth of what a walk with Christ is all about. This is the less popular thing we do. It's the less popular thing. Coming on here, our Bible studies are not very popular. The cool little, hey, that little, man, that two-liner was fire. Put that on IG. That two-liner was fire. Put that on TikTok. Man, wow, a million views. Whoa. Oh, snap. But fam, Jesus didn't call us to just celebrate the 30 second vid, the 45 second video. He called us to go deep. And he calls some of the least likely, the least popular to go deep. Following Jesus is not popular. Music about Jesus might be popular. Quick little preach points that Tenalize the culture, popular. Those are popular. And not to say those things can't be used, but I want you, I want you to understand. Don't take what you see out there. And that even starts with my ministry. Don't take what you see out there and presume that to be, man, high impact. The impact is what happens afterwards. The impact is what happens when you go deep. And unfortunately, the deep stuff isn't popular. 
The deep stuff is not cool. The deep stuff has enemies. The deep stuff goes against the grain. Following Jesus is a cross that you have to bear. Following Jesus is a cross that you have to bear. That's why we do things like the read and rant. That's why we do Bible study. That's why, and that's, and that's why I'm so passionate about the stuff we do here because this is the stuff that, this is the stuff that has sustenance and substance to it. I'm just going to share one quick word because I can go into full rant here and I got like 10 minutes. So let me get to it real quick. What Luke is presenting to us is a less popular variety of discipleship of the Christian walk. And we see in chapter 10 what it looks like to actually reach people. He says, this is what Jesus says to him. He says, I send you as sheep among wolves, like literally as lambs among wolves. Jesus, why would you send us as lambs among wolves? He's already telling you what reaching the nations, what reaching the culture, what that looks like. It looks, sorry, it looks like lambs going into a den of wolves. It's not comfortable and it's downright dangerous. Why would Jesus send us as lambs among wolves? Why can't he send us as wolves among wolves? Because he's your shepherd. He's with you. He sends you there to remind you that you are walking into hostile territory. The Christian faith is hostile to culture. Period. It's not cool. It doesn't align. It's hostile. So rather than capitulating to the culture, He's saying, you need to stand up for who you are. And here's what I love. He's like, you're going to go into these cities. So Jesus sends them out. And this is like his first sort of, you know, commissioning. He sends out 70. He sends them out two by two. And he says to them, go your way. Behold, I will send you as lambs among wolves. He says, don't even carry money. Don't carry knapsack or sandals. Greet no one along the road. Stay focused on where you're called and where you're called to go. Don't greet anybody along the way. Don't waste your time along the way. Watch this. He says, whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. And if the son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house. There's so many spiritual principles here. I ain't got time for this. I will say this much. Notice. Jesus is giving them strategy for how to go about proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. So before Jesus leaves, he's already given them practical, pragmatic ways to go about reaching cities. But notice what Jesus does. Jesus does not tell them to take the Jehovah's Witness approach. Oh, snap. I'm going to get in trouble. Where's my coffee? Oh, snap. I didn't have, I didn't get no coffee. My bad. All right. Let me, let me, let me back it up for a second. He didn't say take the Jehovah's Witness approach. Go knock on every door, pass out a flyer. That's not what he said, okay? Well, you look at the text, what Jesus said to them is, go to a house, knock on the door. If they receive you, then stay there. All right? 
not go knock on every door. He even said it. What did you say? He said, do not go from house to house. Damn. I, I don't think the Jehovah's Witnesses got that one. <laughs> Why? This is about pragmatic evangelism. Okay, going from door to door is not pragmatic evangelism. It is not the pragmatic proclamation of the gospel, okay? If somebody asked you to go from door to door and to pass out a, a flyer and anyway, I'm I'm sorry. I don't want to I don't I don't like I don't like I I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to stay away from that. Let me stop before I get myself into some trouble here. Um there's a principle here to learn is that to reach people, you must establish a relational connection. He says, you proclaim peace to that house. If they receive that peace, then that peace remains there. We have a way today, and if we could just pragmatically apply it today, we have this weird sort of uh, call it a marketed evangelism. One that looks to spread the seed out as far out as we can and hope that people catch it. When Jesus's methodology of reaching people for Jesus is to establish relational connection first. We're so busy trying to get the word out to as many people that we become ineffective in making disciples. Notice, and again, I won't get myself in trouble here. Lord Jesus, help me. Lord God, help me. He didn't say go wide. He said go deep. But we look at ministries that go wide and we say that's impact. God, if God called us to make converts, then we can go wide all we want. We could do it marketing strategies. We can, we could use money and we can use great systems. We can use all of that to make converts. We can do that. We can even manipulate people into converting. <laughs> Facts are, that's how it has been done up to this point. We've manipulated people into coming to faith in Jesus. I ain't got time. I ain't got time. So we manipulate people to faith. But we have not actually done the work that Jesus told us to do. He did not say, go and make converts. He said, go and make disciples. But of course, all our churches celebrate are conversions. But conversions isn't what God called us to do. I mean, even think about Peter, James, John, Philip, Thomas, Matthew, Bartholomew, all of them. Can, can you think about this for a moment? Jesus did not evangelize to them. He discipled them. He discipled them. 
When Peter followed him, it was a deeply relational thing. It wasn't, I like your ideas. It was, I'm connected with you. And while, and because I'm connected with you, I want to get to discover what you're connected with. We have this sort of disconnected evangelism strategy that doesn't make disciples, just makes converts who sit at people's churches. And so that's what we do. We tell people, hey, you know what, fam, here's a flyer to my church. Come to my church. The service is great. The pastor's a great preacher. And I hope when you hear him preach, you'll get to know who Jesus is. Fam, you're right here. You're in front of him. You don't need to take them to your church for them to find out and discover who Jesus is. I'm sorry, y'all. This is a rant. And I'm I'm like, oh, I'm way over my time. I'm going to go over my time again. And I, I got to figure out this internet thing. Oh, my goodness, family. Oh, Lord. I'm going to get in trouble today. I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble. When they receive you, then do your work. And if they don't receive you, move on. There's a power in that. That before you start proclaiming anything to somebody, get connected with them there. Give them your peace. Notice they didn't come with, do you know Jesus today? They didn't come with, sir, have you been to church today? Or they didn't walk up to a door and say, what do you know about the gospel of Jesus Christ? They didn't go, they didn't knock on the door and say, what do you know about the gospel of the kingdom? They came with simply peace to this house. And if they receive your peace, enter into that house. Are you prepared for Jehovah's return? <laughs> y'all, this ain't, I'm sorry, y'all, this ain't it. You got to find a way in. If you're not in, then they might may not be the ones because get this, you were not called to convert them. You were called to make disciples. And yes, I will admit it. I'll admit it. I've had Jehovah's Witnesses knock at the door and I'm like, I look outside. I'm like, I ain't got time for that today. <laughs> I mean, the younger me used to like open the door and be like, all right, let's talk some Bible. <laughs> the old me used to do that Lord the Lord has been working on me y'all and he's still working on me alright this is not do not follow my example here alright okay I'm just letting y'all know that right now do not follow my example alright uh, because usually they don't ask me for their peace okay what they tell me is you know um, are you ready for Jehovah's return and I'm like alright I ain't ready today so some days I'm just like I don't want to do it I just don't want to do it. I don't want another flyer. I don't want another booklet. I don't want none of that. Okay. Now I'll just, I'll look outside and be like, they just look like, there are folks I've seen that just look like Jehovah's Witnesses. So I, just, I, did, I, said, I did not have my coffee, Sierra. 
I'm tripping today. I'm tripping. I know I'm tripping. Please help me, Lord. All that's to say is it should it should influence it should influence our love for people, our love for the city, our love for the neighborhood is what should influence somebody to Jesus. Not the clarity and dexterity of our thought. Not our doctrine. It's how we live and who we are. And notice this. He says, if they don't receive you, just move on. Just move on. We don't do that. We, we're so, we've become a church that doesn't truly love people and connect with people. We're too busy trying to throw pamphlets at people. I think I was sharing the story uh, uh, maybe a couple months ago. I had a young man who walked up to me and said, do you trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior? No, sorry, no. Yeah, that's, why, that's how he first said it. He said, do you trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And I was like, trust Jesus as my Lord and Savior? Yes, I, I do. He said, well, do you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And I was like, yeah, okay, so you guys are there. So you guys heard the story already. And I remember, I remember the, the mall, the one at the mall. Um, I remember going, yeah, I, I'm son, I'm a pastor. And he was like, okay. And then he pulled out a flyer in front of me and started reading the flyer to me. And he's a young guy, so I, I appreciated his passion and his drive. But in my mind, I'm going, if only we taught him to do it right. Can you imagine, like, using that passion for the right thing? And I'm going, you're over here at the mall talking to some random dude, sitting down, just trying to catch his breath since he's been walking around trying to keep up with his daughter the whole time. At this point, I was already exhausted, all right? I got Theo, and I'm like, okay. And I'm sitting there, and just think about this for a moment. I, this guy came up to a random guy he's never met before. He didn't ask him for his peace. He didn't establish any kind of relational connection. And in my mind, I'm sorry, I, I haven't had coffee, but in my mind, this is what Coffeeless Isaac says, okay? But it's true, so just stay with me. It might sound a little reckless, but in my mind, what, 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 what the first thing that came to me was, you ain't got friends? Like, where are your friends? It's <laughs> probably why I'm gonna name the episode. You ain't got friends? I'm closing up, I'm closing up. I better close this Bible or else I'll be stuck. And it's not, not, not in a condescending or mean way, but in my mind, I'm going, you're talking to some random guy you never met before. What about the ones you already know? What about the ones who are, who are, you know, at your school, son? What about folks who are in your family, son? What about, you ain't got friends? And if all your friends are saved, then maybe you need to get to know some more people. Maybe you need to get to become friends with people who don't know Jesus. Maybe you need to connect with people and to see if they will receive your peace. 
little spiritual principle because I ain't got time to teach all of that today. When I ask if you if you ain't got friends. By the way, as much as that's that's you had time to seek more friends, I know that's scary. <laughs> I'm an introvert as well. And I've learned that the love of Jesus is what moves us out of introversion to seek people who aren't saved. The love of Jesus does that. The grace of God does that. When we actually love people, it moves us out of introversion. It moves us out of, okay, I'm just going to show up to church, run inside of my service and run out. Like the love of Jesus moves us to actually reach people and to express his love to people who are far from him. And the reason why I ask, because I know everybody here has got friends, just like this brother at the mall, he's got friends. He's got friends. And if he doesn't have any friends who don't know Jesus, then fam, go make friends who don't know Jesus and offer them your peace. Spiritual principle. Offer them your peace. Not capitulate to what they like. Okay? Practical stuff. Practical stuff. Don't capitulate to what they like. Don't, okay, well, you know, for them to be my friend, I need to adjust to them or I need to do what they do. I need to, no, 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 no. You offer them your peace. When you find a friend who may not agree with you, but respects you and respects what you stand for and loves you for what you stand for and still wants to connect with you, you've got opportunity there. So make friends if you ain't got them. And those who do not receive your peace, your hope, you move on. Ain't no hard feelings on that. Okay? Love y'all, fam. God bless you guys. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the time that we've spent together, Lord, in your word. Father, um, Lord, we ask that you would lead us and guide us. We ask, Lord, that you would, uh, Lord, inspire us and motivate us not to go wide and seek popularity in our faith, but to go deep and establish deep connections with those who are far from you. Lord, lead us, Lord God. Convict us, Lord, of um, well, the ways that we've actually approached and the ways that we've actually shared. And well, for those of us who don't really even do it at this point, we just kind of just, <laughs> we exist in your presence. But Lord, we know you've called us to do more, which is to go out and make disciples. So Father, we pray that you would bless us, Lord. Lead us and guide us in your truth. And we say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Fam, love y'all. Gotta run. God bless you guys. I know I was in full rant, no coffee mode, but uh, hopefully we get the internet working and we'll, we'll be good to go. All right. Love y'all. Peace out.